0: Hey guys, we are super excited about today's guest. It is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. So huge shout out to Grow at Eden for sponsoring today's show. Guys, if you're wanting your kid to to go to a great place for daycare, Grow at Eden is the only option I highly would recommend. Also, if you're worried about the drive, if, if you think that Parsons is too far, don't worry because they have a new location in Iola. And if that's too far, just know that they are looking to expand across all of Southeast Kansas. So get in while you can and they're probably coming to a town near you so let's get into today's show and it is brought to you by grow at eden give them a call anytime at 620-267-9722 okay can we cuss on your podcast it's guys sitting around chewing the fat he made me right here in the bed you guys didn't see that Fred Davis in the house. How's it going?
1: Been an interesting day. I'm doing Doug Burgum's presidential race. Have you followed that at all? I have not. The big debate is tonight. And last night, he uh, was playing pickup basketball with the team and tore his Achilles.
0: Why would you do that the night before the debate?
1: I'm not real sure. He called it stress relief. But so now the jury's out on whether he's even going to make the debate tonight or not. He's in one of those. I don't know what you call it. Like a leg is on rollers, kind of at an angle. Yeah, Yeah. like a scooter. Yeah.
0: How'd you get that gig? Oh, what
1: do you know about my background?
0: Let's back up. Strategic Perception. That's your company. So explain what that is and what you guys do.
1: Well, we're out of Hollywood, California, even though we're sitting in Kansas. Right. (laughs) And I've been in that business, in the political biz for a long, long time. And to give you a brief background... I was in the, uh, I was 19 when my dad passed away. I lived okay. in Tulsa, Oklahoma and that's where I grew up and he died suddenly, unexpectedly and he was in the PR biz and I was the oldest of four and mom was kind of of that era where moms don't work Yeah. and all of a sudden I was dad and my dad, you know, I tried to take his PR biz and at 19 that wasn't. A great deal, and mm-hmm. finally, one client, one of his clients kept me around and they said that uh, we'll give you a shot because we liked your dad and they became a wonderful client, and very slowly but surely, I went from one employee to five and then five to twenty and twenty to seventy. so it became a big ad agency in Tulsa right but there was part of me, Ike, that would think you know, what difference does it make whether you drive a Ford or a Chevy or if you bank at First National Bank or Fourth National Bank in Tulsa? Those weren't important to people's lives. I didn't pick this business. And then all of a sudden, I have an uncle named Jim Inhofe who recently retired from the United States Senate. But at that time, he wanted he was in the state house, or I think house first, and then the state senate in Oklahoma, And he called me, and he called me Fwetty, like little Fwetty with a W. (laughs) And he said, Fwetty? I'm thinking about running for governor. Well, he was like 30 or something, you know. Didn't seem old enough to be a governor, but he said, you do this advertising stuff. Why don't you do some advertising stuff for me? And we did it. And he shockingly won the Republican primary, Okay. but he didn't win. We spent every penny he had on the Republican primary, won the shocking victory and assumed he would go on to win, but yeah. he didn't. And so, but I got a little bit hooked. It was so sort that, of more important yeah. than whether you drove a Ford or a Chevy and things, you know, I continued in my business and it grew and it did real well. But then a few years later, Jim decided to run for mayor of Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And I did those races, except for one. In the last one, we had some sort of little family disagreement. I didn't do it, and he lost. The only election he's ever lost was oh, <laughs> was life. That's, that's crazy. Good so he thought, whoa, the yeah. Freddy's, Freddy is important to this. So he, he was uh, mayor. Then he ran for Congress, and he won four or five cycles. And then somewhere in there, I moved from Tulsa, kind of in the early 80s, I moved from Tulsa to Hollywood, California. Okay. And kind of got out of the ad biz, was doing other things out there. Jim called my uncle, and he said, you know, I'm thinking about running for the United States Senate. I'm sick of being in Congress. Being one of 435 people ain't what I yeah. was signed up for. And and Senate seems worth the effort, but I'm a mile behind, and this Democrat named Dave McCurdy's going to win. What what can we do? And, oh, by the way, I don't have any money. So <laughs> so we made a little deal that I this is making a long story short, I, I said, yes, I'll do it, but I want, you know, I'm not going to charge you mm-hmm. any labor. You know, you got to pay the hard costs, but I'm not going to charge you any labor, but I get total control over what we put on the air. What do you have to lose? Yeah. You already said you're going to lose. Tough race, minimal dollars. I want to use the same techniques that I used in the normal ad biz in the political ad biz. In other words, humor and emotion and get you to cry and laugh and things like that. Okay. As opposed to ads that all I saw were ads that said, Ike lies when he said he did so and so. Yeah. Didn't want to do that. So we did these really out there political ads that were funny and all this stuff and Jim won this landslide turnaround victory and from that day which was 1994 um, the phone hasn't quit ringing I, I never was really interested in politics right but if I don't know if you've gone over RTO, but you know we represented George W. Bush yeah, and John McCain. And I want to talk. You about already it. have done that. Oh okay. yeah. I okay. Talk that's about how it. I got into this. Yeah.
0: So that's crazy. So on your website, you have multiple locations, right? Uh, today
1: we have Tulsa still, which mm-hmm. is our production office, Austin, Texas, Hollywood, and mm, we, we have a partial office in DC. Not right. my favorite place to be.
0: Just because you kind of got to be there for the game. Yes. You're in? Yeah. So how many employees overall? Just,
1: it varies on what election year you're in, but year in you're out around 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you add on editors and film crews and all that stuff. When it's film time. crews in Nashville.
0: Season seasonal. Yes. So, the big names to name a few off your website, like you said George W. Bush, John McCain, 7-Eleven gas station. How do you get those? That's I mean, crazy. I know you said you did something different, you kind of did not the you didn't do the norm for the ads but did george bush pick up the phone and call you i mean
1: that was an interesting all these are interesting stories well, we could be here for about
0: days it. so i got a charger let's do it
1: <laughs> so in uh 94 jim won his senate seat and who's he's, jim oh the, oh, the guy used yeah right right and and those ads were just today they're they're kind of average what everybody else does. Mm-hmm. But in those days, nobody used emotion or anything. And so they really stood mm-hmm. out. Right. And the phone really started ringing. In 1996 was a presidential year. And a guy called me out of the clear blue sky and said he'd seen my demo reel. And would I be interested in doing a presidential race for someone I'd never heard of? Sure. And it was a guy named Maury Taylor out of uh, Gross Point Farms, Michigan. And Maury was a business guy, not unlike a Donald Trump sort of of the day. And he'd made a ton of money and he just really thought the country was going to hell in a handbasket, and he wanted to run for president. We ran and he ran in Iowa and New Hampshire. He did shockingly well, but never had the infrastructure to right. actually become president. But he did really great. And again, the ads were unique and different and stood out. And that led for more phone calls. So it's, you know, one day I was sitting, uh, watching the Super Bowl in Santa Barbara, where I used to live before I moved to Kansas. And the phone rang in the middle of the Super Bowl. And I thought, who would call me in the (laughs) middle of the Super Bowl? And I pick it up, and it's a guy named Steve Schmidt. Who remains a really good friend, but I didn't know him at the time. Mm-hmm. Didn't know his name. And he goes, Fred Steve Schmidt. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm the campaign manager for Arnold Schwarzenegger's gubernatorial race. Would you like <laughs> to do the race? <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> and he goes, send me a contract, I'll sign it tomorrow. And he did. Oh the gosh. easiest thing I've ever gotten. <laughs> so <laughs> hilarious. most of them come that way when you have to do a cattle call which i don't do much that's mm-hmm. uh, really a stretch if i do that really? but you have to go there and you have 1 hour i'll give you a good example is john McCain. Okay. so a presidential race like that 2008
0: yeah big one it was
1: a big one and you'll if i have to do a cattle call i'll do the cattle call right so i go to the cattle call probably in 2007 something like that and it's a conference room in D.C., and there's several people around. They're all coat and ties. Mm-hmm. And as you can tell, I probably wasn't in a coat and tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we looked at some of my ads, and they were kind of going, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you, you don't get a feeling you're going to make the sale. And then the head dude was sitting there, a guy named John Weaver, and he hadn't said a word and he finally said, well, now these are the normal ads that we see. Show me something that no one else will show me. I thought, well, that's pretty weird. So I went back to in my brain to 2004 when I did W, George W. Bush's presidential. And in that case, there were five of us, five companies that did all that campaign. In McCain's, we did them all. But in, in those days, um, there was an ad that I always wanted to run, and they never let me. And if you for remember. Bush? Yeah. If you remember 2004, you might not have been here, but, <laughs> but in those days, 9 uh, 11 had happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So world security and world peace were a big deal. And George right. W. stood up there and said, We're going to come get you. And he was, he was very popular for that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought. I, and I couldn't sell this ad to anybody, so we made the ad anyway, and I showed it to him, and it was no words. There's a shock, you know. Mm-hmm. People think, "Oh, I'm spending millions of dollars. Got to have a, a million words yeah. instead mm-hmm. of a hundred thousand words." Right. And I think if you can get a, something across with a picture. Why have any words? So it was a it was a shot of a rock off the West Coast with waves smashing into it, just over and over. And you hear the waves, no music, nothing. And it's 24 or 23 or four seconds of nothing but that. And then a simple graphic comes up at the top and it says peace through strength. And then the ending shot is just a W. And you see... George W. walking out of the Oval Office, down the Colonnade. And I thought it was just a super effective ad, and they, you know, Hmm. names you know, uh, did not vote for it, (laughs) so I didn't get to run it. So I thought, what do I have to lose? Now it's four years later, I show this ad in that meeting, and I, all, not all, but I have maybe 40 or 50 competitors, but there's only four or five that are at the same level mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. compete for everything. So mm-hmm. I know them all. Mm-hmm. And they were all out in the conference room and we each had one out, we had 55 minutes each. Mm-hmm. And then there was a five minute break and the next group <laughs> came in and I was near the first, I think I was the second. So I'd already said hi to all of them. And I showed that one ad and John Weaver, who remains a friend, um, Hardly said anything. He just looked at me, and he looked at the other people, and he goes, this is the guy you can tell the others to go home.
0: <laughs> oh, and my god! I've Hell never yeah. had
1: anything like, <laughs> like yeah. that happen. Well, I don't think they did actually have the others go home, but we got hired that day. That's awesome. That's wild. And uh th- So it's
0: always this kind of word of mouth thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So – This is kind of on topic, but also kind of a switch. Why do people like, because right now the Republican primary is packed. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I mean, some of those guys, I don't think have a shot. Why are they running? Well,
1: my guy is a guy named Doug Burgum, Uh who you would put in that list. He's the governor of North Dakota. Mm -hmm. He's one of the greatest guys I've ever met. He's incredibly... Uh, qualified to be president, what he's done in North Dakota is phenomenal, mm-hmm. but nobody's ever heard of him. So uh, yeah, th-
0: I've seen him since it's been coming up. Yeah,
1: on ads and stuff. But one but, or two percent. Yeah, yeah, in the polls, right. just
0: barely enough
1: to get on the debate stage tonight if his leg holds up. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of reasons. Some people like Vivek. Uh, Ramaswamy or whatever his name is I'm not sure how to pronounce that Uh, he's just a driven guy and he has made money at a young age and he's had failed companies and successful companies he's just driven, 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 driven and that's the next rung Doug's not like that Doug is um, and we can talk about some of the other ones because I know them all Doug is um, real cerebral and real thoughtful Uh, when I met him I I was called to come talk to him about doing his governor's race, mm-hmm. if he were to run for governor instead of president. I had no clue of the presidential thing at the time. Go to somewhere in North Dakota, governor's office, walk in. He has a round table, doesn't have a desk in there. So a very, you know, like Camelot. You know? Yeah. And um, I didn't even get to say hello. And he looked me in the eye and he goes, Fred, you and I have something in common. You lost your dad when you were 19. I lost mine when I was 15. Changes your life, doesn't it? <laughs> hello. That, that was hello. <laughs> and for the next hour, that's what we talked about. How, and, and those are things that are important, and they're so far from the current climate of calling your opponents horrible names mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So that approach really appealed to me, and he thought, he had something that he could offer the country, a country he loves. He thought the same thing about Montana. I'm uh, not Montana, <laughs> North Dakota, when he became governor. He was 68 points down. That's like no chance mm-hmm. in the polls. Right. He's higher now. Right. 68 points down, and he won the governor's race. Okay. And he's won it you know, since by big numbers. But at first, nobody knew him, just like right now. And there's a a statistic that I don't quite have right, but our pollster told me that, like, hardly ever in the last 30 years has somebody who right now, this time of year, was leading, like, who are the leaders now? Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, and Vivek is making this run up the middle, kind of. Everybody else, nobody else is close to those numbers. Mm -hmm. No one in that position has ever won the nomination. So... Uh, Doug's goal is not to win today because there's no vote today. Doug's goal is to win early 24 when people are actually voting. And that's what their strategy is. I'm in a weird position because I helped start the campaign. And our initial big meeting was at my office in Hollywood with all the players. But once the campaign kind of got going, I stepped aside to go in and do the super pack, but there's a 120-day waiting period. So I'm in the 120-day waiting period right now. So I read in the paper that Doug's Achilles is busted today and I can't call them to find out details. So oh. I know what the strategy was a long time ago.
0: I don't know how it's oh, changed in crazy. the last 60 days. Huh, that's interesting. So many rules. Oh, the ru- you can't believe the rules. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming you can't run ads for two candidates in the same race. Maybe legally you can, but just conflict of interest. Yes, right. that's right. So do you get to meet all your customers? Oh, yeah. So you met Bush, you met oh, McCain. Oh, yeah. What are they like? Because when I say what are they like, maybe you can't really say, but I just assume, and it's I'm not saying it's good, bad, or anything, but I don't think you can truly be yourself when you're – Showing the nation your face trying to be president, you know, you got to put on some sort of an act. What's, what's Bush like? He's like one of the, he's, he's a, somebody you,
1: if he drank, which he doesn't, you'd want to have a beer with him. He's yeah. that guy. <laughs> he's just down he's to earth. down to earth, he, but he's really smart. Remember, everybody always said he was, Carl uh, Rove was his brain, and Carl's a fabulous guy and super smart, but so is W. And when the two of them were together, you can tell that W is president. Oh, really? uh, they're both great people. Uh, Laura Bush is super nice. My mom, many years ago, I was telling her some stories about them, which are great. And mom said, honey, you got to write a book. And I said, I can't. I can't tell these stories. Yes, right. So I can't tell them here. But yeah, right. they're, they're, you're, you're totally right these are real people they grew up doing the same things all of us did they rode their bikes in the neighborhood they didn't they went to elementary school you don't
0: think of them as real people you know you
1: don't unless you get to know them right right john mccain boy talk about somebody you admire because of what he went through and and you could see a little bit of what he went through in john's personality i mean he super decent and nice to me always but a tough cookie yeah and w not so much a tough cookie as like you didn't dare be late to a meeting yeah you didn't
0: dare i would just assume with the someone running for president i mean you don't dare do that anyway but
1: well yes and no really like Doug Bergum, if I were able to be there today, I'd be in my jeans and t-shirt, and he would. I'm. I don't know what he'll wear tonight, and but he would. He's a guy that wears jeans and t-shirts yeah. too.
0: Right.
1: Uh, they, they're they're normal people, but they're a little bit extraordinary,
0: or Have they be. wouldn't be in that Have position. Be, yeah. Right. So you got any any big names coming up that you can say? Well, in the future? Doug's the biggest. I just mean like that's not in a race yet, like connections you've made for the next go round. We're or, in
1: that process right now, but right. the t- the um, presidential totally steals all the attention. So we have a person on our staff that does just that. And I hardly ever even talk to her. I mean, we'll, we always have enough to keep us very
0: busy. Right. Huh? So working with big names, like we've talked about politics is kind of a kind of politics is a nasty game. Have you ever had any like scares like threats? I mean, you're working with some of the most powerful people in the world. Oh, I'll tell you a great story. All right. It was, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> this it was, is Ike's favorite this, thing. Is, this is, I'm eating this up. This okay. is probably my favorite episode yet. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, this good, good. So well, fun. you'll love this
1: story then. So this was in, in W. So it was in 2004. And, I was pretty visible in that thing and you know I don't do lots of these anymore but I used to and mm-hmm. I used to do TV and in those days I did a lot. And one day I get the most vicious heinous awful email you've ever seen in your life threatening me and my family and the dogs I mean you name it and it was it was kind of crazy worded. You know, you always get people. How can you possibly do mm-hmm. something? But mm-hmm. no, no, no. This was nuts. So I, um, I knew the Secret Service people pretty well. Really? And that
0: is crazy to me. Just from being around. These oh yeah. Well, you,
1: they're your friends. You That's know, you're insane. with them all the time. So I sent it to the head of uh, his S- Secret Service, de- you know, deal, and said, "What should I do?" And I didn't get any response.
0: It's like for, they're busy or something. For
1: about two or three hours. And then two or three hours later, I get a call from some guy who is trembling. And the secret—he was an attorney in D.C. And the Secret Service didn't bother telling me. They went—they tracked down who it was, went to his office, his law office, which, you know, he had a lot of other lawyers there, circled the place, surrounded it, go in to arrest him for this thing. And he, I don't, I'll never know if it was true or not, but he claimed it was his son who was doing his homework and wrote that letter the night before and sent it when he was at the office. Bullshit. Well, (laughs) that's what I thought, too, and that's what the Secret Service thought. But we we let the guy off the hook. So he he called you and
0: apologized?
1: Oh, well, they were standing there. (laughs) Oh, yes, he apologized, and they asked if I wanted to press charges. It's
0: insane how easy it is for the Secret Service to just find them.
1: They're great. They're great. You know, there's a lot of issues now with the FBI. And I don't know, I'm sure there's one
0: lots of wonderful people in the FBI, but Secret Service is badass. (laughs) How many are how many like how many people are in the Secret Service? I, also, what I a badass know. title. I wish my title I know. was Secret Service. And you know what? Gosh, That's so I'm so glad badass. it's not.
1: <laughs> Even when you go to a, a presidential event, the, you know, there's, there's the local police, mm-hmm. there's the local highway patrol, there's maybe some, if you're at a hotel, there's the hotel security. You never miss the Secret Service. They have the most... Cool Just like in the movies? Outfits, yes. Hell I mean, they're, yeah. they're handcuffs. They're not silver. They're black. Their holsters are badass. Okay. <laughs> and they really don't smile. I'll tell you another thing that had to do with Tulsa. Uh, George H.W. Bush was running, I think he was vice president. And he came to Tulsa. And it was a big event. And you paid, oh, you know, five grand or something to go. Yeah. And... I had not paid the five grand, but I bought a cheap ticket. So uh, we were going in. uh, You know, it's one thing to sit and listen to all those politicians talk. I hear that all the time. But what do I think is cool? I think the cool thing is the motorcade pulling up outside Mm -hmm. the hotel with the helicopters and the ambulances and motorcycle cops and everything. So I stood outside, and there was a guy standing there. Nobody else was out there. Everybody was in the hotel in Tulsa. And I'm standing there, and I I figured he was Secret Service because he had the little earpiece. And I asked him something. He just kind of, you know, didn't say anything. just brushed me aside. Yeah, shut up. And all of a sudden, here comes the motorcade, and they rush in, and there goes W. And and he takes the earpiece out, and he looks at me and goes, Okay, man. Sorry, I was you know I was on duty, but now I'm not. I've gotten him to that door, and I'm no longer responsible for it. So they're all
0: in like sections.
1: Yeah. He goes, what What can I help you with? That's crazy. Well, I just had questions about how cool this is. So he walks uh, my wife and I to the door of the hotel, and you know just chit chatting. Super nice guy. He opens the door. I walk in (laughs) and closes the door. And I'm not in the right spot. He thought I was one of the ones who spent like 50 grand (laughs) for the pictures and the chit-chat with Bush beforehand. But once you're in, you can't get out. That door doesn't open. And so I went over to one of these White House people. and I said, "Hey, listen, I I bought the cheap tickets. I'm oh, in the wrong room." Him. And she said, um, "Well, I'm sorry. I can't let you leave. You might, the drinks are free here. You got to pay next door." <laughs> That's crazy. So we went. Too bad. There was only like 10 or 15 people in there, and then um, the same girl comes up because every one of them gets their picture with W. I mean, with H W. And they get up there, and I'm not going to go because I didn't pay. And she made us go up there. And I went up to HW, and I said, hey, I, I didn't buy the expensive. I'm the cheap seats. And he laughed, and he, he had the best sense of humor. He was a great dude, and I got to know him fairly well,
0: too. That's crazy. The Secret Service is so interesting. Yeah, oh, they are, interesting. they are. Maybe you know some. Maybe we can get one on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, these days, it's a whole new group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe you know an ex. I know some exes. I'm going to put you on the spot. Gosh. So, this is also kind of switching up a bit, but, and I don't know how much you'll be able to talk about it, you know, because it is your business, but is politics as corrupt as it seems?
1: There's a lot about politics that's shady. Yeah. Uh, is it blatantly corrupt? Not really. It Was John McCain corrupt? No way. Is HW, uh, HW or W corrupt? No way. Are there some shady characters maybe in in the House of Representatives? Yeah. You, you see, you know, you see them get accused and charged and in imprisoned in, in, in sometimes. Once you get as high as the Senate or governor, I mean there have been some governors that have had it's easier for the governor to be a crook than it is anybody else because they're the one man show. Yeah mm-hmm. they're top of the heap. Yeah. And so there, there's some there's certainly some crookedness.
0: It just seems like you know, evil always finds its way in. It just seems like when you're you're dealing with people who literally run the world, and how do they not I mean, just the average Joe like we we're talking about, later in his life he's president. I mean, does that not go to your head a little bit and you I just it I just feel like I feel like it's it impossible does. to for there to be no corrupt you know what I mean? Well, even at the high levels, maybe if not more. Well I mean, big, big. Maybe not question. as much quantity, but the corruption itself is so much more powerful at the higher levels. Well,
1: I don't know what your political leanings are, but what do you think about Joe and Hunter Biden right now? That's potentially the greatest, uh, insane, greatest disaster. That's what ever. I'm talking corruption.
0: about. So what I mean, and it seems like they're blatantly not going after him and indicting Trump. But who's going to punish them? They run the world. You know That's what right. I mean. So unless,
1: unless Trump wins, he's, he's already or said a Republican he's, wins. he's yeah. turning
0: right back around. It. I
1: think most Republicans would, and, and the it, House and has done a good job.
0: And I was listening to the Ben Shapiro show, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You just don't do that. You don't, you don't incriminate your opponents." Mm-hmm. Everyone thought Trump was when Hillary got in, and he didn't. But now the can of worms is open. You can't shut it back. That's right. It's just going to be. I hate to say it because it's all. Trump Jr. says on Instagram, but Banana Republic, right? You know, it's well, insane. And I'm not saying one side's better than the other, but right now, obviously, I think, I mean, the Bidens, what's going on? Right, and they were
1: nobody ever was able to say that Trump was crooked. I mean, they tried. Right. They spent four years trying. They, they tried, sure but, tried, but well, not now. Six, but years, not seven years. One th- Let's throw out the, for a moment. The whether the re-election was rigged or not. I'm talking about, did he really collude with Russia? Did he do all those things? Not one of those was proven. Mm -hmm. And the Biden thing, it looks a lot more (laughs) likely to be proven to me, and I don't have anything to do with it. It's crazy.
0: If you are interested in your child going to Grow Eden, go to www.groweden.com or get a hold of Candy Rushing. You can do tours and visits of the facility to see how they have it set up and how they do things, and get all the information. And you can put your child on the wait list. I have you. Have you ever thought about running yourself for any sort of office? I have. Too busy. Um,
1: it's not a job I would want. Like my uncle, absolutely loved it. He retired about a year ago, but he every day of his life he thought it was important and it was important, and he ended up uh, head of the Armed Services Committee in the Senate, which is a vital place in, in American life, you know. Um, I don't, <laughs> I, I I lived for 38 years, I think, in Santa Barbara. My head office is still in Hollywood. I still go there two or three times a month, but I really like living here. I don't like being in the limelight. I like yeah. parking my car and riding my bike or walking places. Mm-hmm. Life's better. Yeah. That's not a good life.
0: Because I kind of want to get into it. But
1: you do not after I don't know. I'll tell you who can do not your not a ads. good life. Well, <laughs> of course. Well, I
0: mean, you know, if you're I just in it. It's good. It's great. Know. Mine's not. My thing is number one. I don't know shit about politics. Number two, I know you said it's not as corrupt maybe as it seems but I think it's I think it's pretty corrupt I think it's a tough game I think you kind of got to be even the best guys I think you gotta I don't think you can always play by the rules I think it's hard and I think it's nasty Cameron doesn't want me to do it but for some reason I just can't stop thinking about it like well then, but part of me wants the simplicity of my life now mm-hmm. you know living in the country going to the lake hanging out but at the same time it's like like when we're talking about secret service and all the big like that stuff just gets me excited if you know? you're
1: standing on a street in washington dc when the presidential motorcade goes by your heart just stops it's so friggin cool there's 30 or 40 motorcycles going you know on a normal small street and they're going so 60 miles an hour so nobody can shoot the guy really and then they go that fast through town they roar through town and then there's three matching beasts the car so you don't know it if yeah you, if you have a Air to, I mean, not air, shoulder mounted uh, grenade, you wouldn't know which one to hit. You don't know I bet, which one he's in.
0: I bet the president's not in any of them. Oh, he's
1: normally in them.
0: I bet he's in somewhere on the other side of town. And
1: when they land, you've seen them land on TV a million times in the helicopter Uh on the land of the White House. Uh What you don't see, because they never show it, is there's never one helicopter. There's three matching ones. And they all come in, and two of them, whichever two he's not in, peel off at the last minute. Because down there they probably have some kind of anti-missile protection, but up in the air they don't. So you don't know which one to
0: hit. Gosh, I still bet he's not in any of them.
1: Did you see that the guy was killed today mysteriously in Russia? That was head of the Wagner group, the mercenaries. No, the, what's yeah, that about? His. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Uh, Ukraine. The. Uh, uh, can't. His name is unpronounceable. It's Russian. Right. Right. But he was head of the mercenary group. The. You know working for Putin, that was their meanest, toughest soldiers. And then they turned on Putin, and they marched on Moscow maybe six months ago. And Putin, of course, wasn't too happy with that. And the guy's been in hiding. Well, mysteriously, his jet got shot down last night. And 10 people were killed, including the head guy. I mean, the U.S. is not like that. Um, Hillary Clinton did not kill anybody.
0: <laughs> you don't think so? No, I don't think so. You can't say it because you're in politics. I bet she did. I bet she didn't. How? How? What? I mean, like, and Obama's chef that just died paddleboarding. Like, why does this stuff always happen? You know what I mean?
1: I, d- I just, my opinion, knowing all these people you're talking about.
0: Have you ever met Obama? No, but I've met
1: Hillary a lot. Okay. Um, you know, you play hardball. You play to win. In the United States, you don't kill people. In Russia, you question Putin, you mysteriously choke on your food. You accidentally fall out of a 40-story building.
0: I, I, I just, don't know. I just don't know, man. I, and you know more than me, obviously. You've been in the game a That's long time. That's just my opinion. Just the average Joe outsider looking in, I bet I bet it's almost, not, maybe not as obvious, but I bet it's not as good as we think. It, it, it just seems like there's a lot of coincidences. Well, it's mean, not as bad people tell stories about hillary killing people and you hear it so much it just starts to seem normal and starts to seem i guess i've never seen hard evidence but it just i don't know
1: yeah I, i i just don't i don't think she did bill i don't think he did uh obama i don't know him i've never met him but his number one assistant all his career is married to one of my dearest friends and they have their differences from time to time but There's never a hint of that kind of stuff happens. Maybe if you're in a a sub-tier, bottom five state in the United States, and you're running for county judge or something, (laughs) that happens. But there's too many people watching, too many people looking at you. Yeah, I guess like
0: if if it happens and you're that big of a name, it's going to get exposed. I would assume. Yeah but then again they have so much power i'm like arguing with myself but then they're the ones who control the media in some ways so then how do they, maybe they just cut it out you know well I don't they know. they it's just the, something that's the dim just side the
1: dim party definitely controls the media oh for There's, sure that's not a question i don't even think it's
0: a question yeah it's no. not
1: even a theory no and so that's difficult because look how long i don't know if you track this but it was more than months it was years after the hunter biden laptop deal came out, that any big league, big media even acknowledged. Yeah, that was during
0: during Trump's presidency when it came out. right. Yeah.
1: No mention. No mention. You'd see it on Newsmax, Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't see it on CBS.
0: Have you followed Twitter and what Elon's uncovered? I have. I have. You talk about stealing and rigging the election. I think that's where it all... I mean, that's where a lot of people get their news is Twitter, and you got emails going back and forth with execs from Twitter saying taking care of this, check, we're good on this, take care of this tweet. Like, it's crazy. It's not even – I mean, it's crazy. If you look at the Twitter files that he released, it's – wow.
1: Now, all that's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't question that in the least. There's a little jump from that to murder. Right, and I
0: understand that, but it's just – I don't think it's I don't know. I'm I'm a conspiracy guy. I, I like to get into that. It's stuff, hard to tell that, I I know, yeah. I'm going off the deep end. I, I seem like Dylan Vitt right now. But uh so one of my questions was we've spent a lot of time when I say we, I mean, you know, everyone spends a lot of time worrying about the president and what if he does this, if if Biden gets in, we're screwed. Oh, if Trump gets in, we're screwed what's the most important level of politics to vote at in your opinion? Cause I think it's local to change your day to day life. If you, if you turn off the TV and never look again, what's going to affect you with your voting? Hmm.
1: Well, local certainly makes sense. However, they don't have the big strings. The big strings right. that really affect your life are the president and governors and senators. Next, next down is Congress because the president, you know, picks the Supreme Court justices. Look how that's affected things. Yeah. Just when Trump was president. That's a huge, long-lasting deal he's got there.
0: But how does that affect my life?
1: How does it affect your life? Oh, boy.
0: I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm genuinely asking. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, there's, there's so many things. You know, they have ruled... On abortion. Uh, okay. Yeah, on, I guess that's you true. Know, big, yeah. huge, monumental issues. Right. And there's a lot still coming up.
0: Yeah, that is true. I was thinking more like your local stuff is what's going to affect your day-to-day life. But I, I can also see what you're saying. That makes sense.
1: Well, in, in Congress affects what highways get resurfaced. Right. You right. know, Senate affects more federal issues. Whether you're safe. Whether the military is going to keep us safe and things like that. Governor affects kind of like education and things like that a little bit, the highways and those. But the big kahuna is president. Yeah. And I'm not a huge Biden fan. And yeah, I think he's sent right. us down the path of destruction. <laughs> so yeah. I would love to see any Republican him. Yeah. especially if God it Weber.
0: was a Democrat, though. I kind of like this uh, RFK. Well, I hear that a lot. What do you think about he, that? He's just he, the...
1: I don't know much about him because he isn't going to win. And so Probably I haven't. He no, he can't. So I haven't spent much time on that. But I hear Republican friends of mine. And say I, don't, the same I thing. haven't
0: even looked at his policies, but just the way he talks and the way he calls out the bullshit is kind of like, hey, mm-hmm. man, you're not a normal Democrat. You know, maybe right. you're like an old school Democrat. Do you
1: know who Larry Elder is? No. You got to look Larry Elder up. African American guy, talk show host in okay. LA, very successful. Uh, he's running for president. He didn't make the debate stage tonight, but his, his tweets are great. His first tweet this morning after he heard about Doug's leg was, I think there's an extra podium. Maybe I can slip in there th- <laughs> this evening.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, he,
1: you, you would love him. He, he's super smart, good guy. He almost ran for Senate in California a few years ago and I was going to do that, so I've traveled with him.
0: That's cool. You say you traveled with him. That's funny. It kind of reminded me. You said you've met Hillary. That's crazy that you've met Hillary and Bill Clinton. Well, is it like a a big dinner? And you're like, hi, Miss Miss Clinton, and keep going, or do you like sit down and talk with them? A
1: dear friend of mine named Jack Timer is. Uh, He's somehow Bill's like cousin or second cousin or something, and we all lived in Santa Barbara, California. If you think back, Santa Barbara was the Western White House okay. when when. Bill and Hillary went in office. So they would come out there. So it, no, it was not those little things. Those, those, are, those are shocking. I, another interesting person I got to meet a few years ago was is it, who's Kate's husband? Is it Prince William in, in England? <laughs> I have no idea. You know, there, there's know Harry nothing. and Meghan Markle. Yeah. So I think it's William yes. and Kate.
0: I think you're right. And I, no I
1: I did get invited to one of those things. There was only 100 people. It was a big deal. And it was a dinner in, crazy. in the um, ambassador's backyard. But the way they do it is very clever. They divide the 100 people up into two groups. And Kate takes 50 of them. And William takes the other 50. And they allocate exactly five minutes to each person in the 50 and he comes up i was i was seated next to david uh famous soccer player from england married to victoria spice no idea david beckham Beckham? yeah david beckham so i'm seated next to him and i'm uh, you know i'm in awe that he's there and william comes in well they know each other they're buddies you know so he comes over and talks to Beckham for just a minute and then turns to me and he goes, and you all, <laughs> and I said, so, uh, Fred Davis, and you kind of have thought in advance, well, if I get to talk to him, what do we have in common? Yeah. Well, we both fly helicopters. So I mentioned helicopters. You
0: fly helicopters? Mm-hmm. You don't ride in them, you fly them?
1: Yeah. That's I badass. I sort of lost my medical permit, but I did fly them at that time. And we start talking about helicopters. Now there's all these people there. And this guy is spending five minutes, which is a long time. You almost mm-hmm. run out of things to right. say, mm-hmm. talking about helicopters. And then he super politely shakes my hand and goes to the next guy, who was the publisher of the L.A. Times. And, and I noticed, they, he, without anybody guiding him... He spent exactly five minutes with every person, as did Kate. So while it's one of those things you were talking about or asking about, oh, do you just say hi? Yeah. No, they have it down to a science.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. That they've is- done you, it, they've you feel done it like a he,
1: his last line to me was, he didn't like the kind of helicopter I flew, because it wasn't big enough and safe enough, in his opinion. And he goes, "Well, next time you're in uh, England, uh, come. Let's go fly my helicopter." And I'm thinking to myself, "Yeah, okay. I'll call you. I'll up. just call you up. Do <laughs> you have a card by any yeah. chance?
0: Yeah, I'm sure he gives his number out. Yeah, you yeah. want to write your cell phone
1: number down on there. He hasn't called. Amazing. Dang it. Though.
0: Have you been back to England? I have not. So that's maybe why. that's
1: it. Yeah, he'll know. I'm he'll sure know. I'm he'll there. know. He'll know. He's a super nice guy. But they, it's a science, and big, poly- like, when you go to the White House Christmas party. That's have a, you been? Oh, yeah. Dang, this that's is a, crazy. That's man. a I big, <laughs> I'm big <laughs> I'm not even deal. S- I'm like, starstruck.
0: I don't even know half of anything you guys are talking about. I, I don't and know I'm any, any of it. I'm still like, my gosh, that's crazy. I've
1: had a, a remarkable life, none of which did I ever <laughs> envision. That's have so you, fun. What,
0: have you ever just, like, really stuck your foot in your mouth? With some any of these people, like gosh, what did I say to them? Did I really did say that? Did you make that? an email joke, with I'll, Hillary?
1: I'll, I'll give you an an example, <laughs> and maybe this won't seem weird because you don't know this guy probably. But in 2000, a guy named Dan Quayle ran for president of the United States. Dan was the vice president of the United States under H.W. Bush. Okay, and uh, I did his campaign. He didn't win as president, but we became very, very, very good friends and still are. So one day he has this beautiful home in Telluride and where he likes to get up early and be the first skier down the lift, you know, and I'm not quite as early a riser, Okay. but he, so we're up and we ski down to the lift and off, off we go. And it's this blinding snowstorm and W was president because W beating. At, at that in that 2000 election mm-hmm. and we're going up and I don't remember what happened that day but for some reason you wouldn't want to be president that day it was like the world had blown up or mm-hmm. something and so we're going up the lift and he's not saying anything I'm not saying anything and I'm just thinking about you know W and what he's going through Kind of forgetting that this guy ran against him who was, and it was vice president of the United States. But I'm just thinking, that's Dan, my friend. Mm -hmm. I said, Man, I bet you're glad you're not president today. (laughs) And there was this like one millisecond pause and he never has been mad at me in his life and he looked at me and he goes if you feel you can make life better for one person you des- you have to it's it's in your- you have to run for president you have to try to be president you have to make lives better and i felt like i was you know like a quarter inch tall <laughs> so, there, so yes, so yes i put my foot in my mouth a lot
0: <laughs> that is hilarious but yeah, he's like, "Well, you did my ads, so you tell me."
1: Oh no, he didn't really speak to me for That's a hilarious. little while.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. What's one? Okay, so here's, I'm 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 just a small town kid. No. I want to get into politics. I'm half joking, half serious, because you can't literally say, "I want to run for president" when you're in your 20s. Right. I mean, no one's gonna take you serious. But I, I, I bet think,
1: my, I bet Mitt Romney did. I bet he told himself yeah, that probably. in the mirror.
0: I want. I mean, I I'm not saying I want to. I mean, I would. I think that would be awesome. I want to get into it. Cameron doesn't want me to. I want to start at county commissioner. What's a piece of advice? Hmm. Well,
1: there's an important question you have to ask yourself. If you you go for county commissioner, you're probably, and you bust your butt, you probably can win. Okay. And you'll probably be county commissioner as long as you want. But that isn't a career path no, that's to president. No, there's not a connection. There's there. not. You it's don't not have to really. start
0: somewhere local and build your way up.
1: Yes, but you have to start with the local Republican Party. There's around here. I'm not sure where it would be, but there's a group, and they get together once a month, and they have what's called Lincoln Day dinners, and they have speakers come in, and you get to know those people, and they get to know you, and there's heads of that group that are involved in the statewide organization, the Kansas Republican—I'm assuming you're a Republican— mm-hmm. uh, the Kansas Republican Party, and people start saying, well, no, this Ike guy, you got to talk to this Ike guy. I, the the route to get there the fastest is through Congress.
0: And strategic perception. And
1: strategic—we can we <laughs> get you anywhere. <laughs> but you have to have a lot of money to run for president. i got to ask for it. But Congress, you know— you could you could win a congressional seat for $3 million. Some states, it's a whole lot and more. And that's
0: not a lot, huh?
1: That's not a lot. So
0: how do people get the money to run for president? They just raise it, right?
1: They raise it. And that is the tough side of politics.
0: So you have to have a campaign manager for that. That's not your area, right? I don't
1: do the raising. Right. I hate that part. I would dread it. Dan Quayle hated it, though he was really good at it.
0: But you know people that... Do, I know right. people that do it, sure. I'm, oh, man, you might regret giving me your number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> no. Uh,
1: and around here, the Congress people don't get a lot of visibility. Like,
0: I, I, I can't even tell you. Do you know who our Congress no. is? No. I don't either. No. And correct me if I'm wrong, but all the Congress and Senate, it all gets confusing to me, but the state senator's job is to represent our state at the national level? No. Okay. So that's
1: important. The Every state has, basically every state, has state senators and state representatives. Okay. And they represent a smaller portion of Kansas. They go to Topeka. Mm-hmm. They make state rules and important stuff. Mm-hmm. That is one career path. I don't think that's your career path. There are state senators and state reps, but there's federal... Uh, senators and red. per state, per state. Okay, there's two senators for every state, and at there's, the federal level, yes. And right. there's a number of congressmen based on the population of the right. state, and it gets adjusted every ten years with the consensus. The census, yeah. yeah. So I think, just I hardly know you, but <laughs> just hearing this, I think what you would really love is the U.S. House of Representatives, and so. That, that probably that's going to represent five, six, seven counties around here. And how would you get your name out there? Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to develop friendships in all the little towns and things like me in Oswego and say, hey, Fred, you know, I'm really thinking about running this thing. Can you put a few people together and let me come talk to them after you've learned? you know, what your positions would be. And I'll have a party at my house and you'll speak for 20 minutes and people will get gung ho on you and they'll write you a check when they leave. And you might have a campaign manager who might be cute like this, and she goes around and picks <laughs> up the cheque. <laughs> yeah, you don't get the cheque. Somebody else picks those checks up. Yeah. And it, it it's a business. There's a system on how you uh, get it's elected. It's just
0: overwhelming. It seems
1: like a, it's a where do you start? A, well, you start. I know what you just said, yeah. kind of where you start, but it's like, oh, God. Find some sort of Republican organization around here. There would be one. I know there's yeah. one in Oswego. I don't. I frankly don't know exactly how I got here. I, I said that <laughs> if there weren't for GPS, I would never, I, I just hopelessly lost. How did you come to get
0: to Oswego? How did you decide to come to- That's a very oh, good yeah. question. How did you not even touch on that? Yeah, like Oswego uh, Sarah, Kansas. my wife,
1: um, grew up summering here. Her grandparents lived in Oswego. Her mom was raised in Oswego. Her grandmother was there. And we used to come visit you know, every Christmas. And maybe once uh, another time during the year, I always loved it because it was peaceful and calm. Matter of fact, in 2000, I remember the the newspaper ran a front page story in the Oswego paper that I was helping run Dan Quayle's presidential race from Oswego, and had a picture of me sitting on the bed typing. And though you know that I've just it was always a special place for us. And then a few years ago, we lived in Santa Barbara beautiful home up on a hill overlooking the ocean is killer and but it has fires there
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: and I'm always on the road and one day Sarah I, I knew I was sick of the fires and one day I got an email that all it ha- I have the picture and it had a picture of her in an industrial air filter thing it was noon and the sky was bright orange with fire and stuff and she wears big glasses, and they were sitting on top of that, and the subject line just said, we're out of here. <laughs> no other note, nowhere she's going, nothing, and I find out that she took our daughter and grandkids and dogs and two cars and came here, came to Oswego, <laughs> and the, the plan was to be for a few months, let the little grandson wasn't uh, elementary school at the time. Let him do one semester in Kansas because that'd be interesting for him to see a different kind of schooling. Right. And everybody go back. Sarah has not been back one day since that time. Never. That's and Our daughter moved back after and grandson after a little while, but then they've come back now too.
0: Oh really? Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody uh, just loves Oswego. I love Oswego. I'm building a really cool office <laughs> right in downtown right now is there this morning looking at painters
0: that's awesome i got one i got a good one for you
1: Dave. well this yeah. this guy hopefully won't quit he's my favorite vendor we've had a lot of troubles finding subcontractors yeah stonemasons hey,
0: give our give our painter a shout out yeah debbie mason
1: debbie mason female
0: yeah she's best around. in our house right now best around
1: <laughs> well i wish i'd known you a little earlier yeah we got we got a that's my it's, Great guy. Steve Dunlap is yeah. doing our painting. But,
0: um, hmm. Well, I got one more thing I want to get on mm-hmm. politics before we, before we let you go. Is there any way DeSantis beats Trump?
1: The only way DeSantis beats Trump is for Trump to have some catastrophic
0: fall. Like, but I feel like can people, he, people will blindly follow Trump no matter he, he what. He could run
1: for president and be president in prison.
0: And pardon himself. Pardon himself in <laughs> the I, I kind
1: of think it would too. <laughs> if you followed these things, Trump, I mean, DeSantis is in a nosedive. Yeah. And unfortunately, Trump I like is DeSantis. just getting higher and higher and higher and higher.
0: Um, Do you think it's because they, the people feel like they're taking him out because they're after you and I'm in the way? Like kind of his saying. Do you feel like his indictment is kind of helping his campaign?
1: It's hard for me to say because i'm doing another candidate right but there's a there's a lot of reasons that's happening
0: one last question i guess i already know what you're gonna say you you think i'm a conspiracy guy and and you think it's a lot better than it is sometimes i have a hard time uh believing that our votes even count Mm.
1: i think there was all kinds of malarkey about the elections but there always are and you know how, how many votes did yeah. W win by? <laughs> like, oh, oh, you yeah. know, in two thousand, yeah, thirty or something. Are you are, serious? You trying to tell me in the United States yeah, there were thirty? You know, <laughs> go could go either way. Right. In it's an in general thing. And right. When I first started doing this, there wasn't it wasn't as tight as this. Like now, you have the people that are going to vote Republican. Always vote Republican. Yeah, I You have the people who can vote Democrat. Always vote Democrat. But then the ones in the middle,
0: that's where you fight. I think it's kind of dangerous to think like that. If you're a Democrat, always vote Democrat. If you're a Republican, always vote Republican. You know what I mean? Well, I'm a Republican. Yeah. And
1: I have always voted Republican. But... There have been a couple of times that had I been in a different situation, somebody I knew that I really thought highly of, I would have voted for him in a heartbeat. I didn't because of my profession. Right, yeah, you got to be careful. I'm thinking
0: of one right now, but, you know. (sighs) That's crazy. You've had an interesting life.
1: Oh, it's just nuts as it can be. I'm 71, (laughs) you know, and Sarah keeps saying, when are you going to retire? It's not easy to retire
0: because like you're you're, right in the middle of, you're in the
1: middle of it. And I have my employees that have been with me forever. Some of them 25, 30 years. And if, if, for example, I represent, um, John Kennedy, the Mm -hmm. Senator from Louisiana, who's so funny and intelligent and smart. He called me years ago and I didn't know him. I got, it was a voicemail. And the voicemail said, do you know who that is? You've seen him on, oh, you've got to find him. Oh, you're going to love him. Okay. He's great. And I get this voice, and he talks kind of like this. And he said, Fred, my name is John Kennedy. And they paused. And he goes, no, not that one. He's dead. And I'm listening to this voicemail. <laughs> who is this guy? That's hilarious. And it turned out he was the state treasurer of Louisiana. Hmm. But he didn't want to be, sta- and he'd been state for 14 years, I think. He didn't want to be that forever. He kind of wanted to be governor, but maybe senator. He didn't know what was going to open up. But like you, he had an interest in mm-hmm. somehow getting his name out there. So we don't do state treasurer races. I mean, we don't do anything that small. Okay. But he had a ton of money in the bank because he he didn't need it. Nobody ran against him. Hmm. So we ran a really high-end, great ad campaign for state treasurer, even though there wasn't anybody. I don't even know. think I ever knew the person's name right against him. <laughs> but it was all positive, great stuff developing this John Kennedy persona. And then, a few years later, the uh, governor didn't open up, but senator did, and we were able to you know, springboard off of that. If he hadn't done that initial work with the small race— he never could have won. He won big, and he's been a senator and is super popular hmm. ever since.
0: That's interesting.
1: So it, it, it people that have politics in their blood like you, they <laughs> uh, they no. they, they, it. they <laughs> find a path. Yeah. But I I I recommend that you jump over some of the paths if if you real I think you'd be really good in oh, Washington. Oh, stop. No. Now <laughs> you have you have that feel. You look right. She's cute. Yeah, I mean, no, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're the perfect candy. package. I'm not. Uh-huh. Young child. I mean, no. this is this is perfect for uh, me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And besides, I would know you. So it would be helpful. Yeah. There you go. I'll get her on board. Just give it time. <laughs> give it time. Yeah, I'm that's like me. Those people at home can't quite see the look on <laughs> her face, but
1: let's describe it as not 100% positive. <laughs> uh, I
0: know her. I'll get her on board. Well, thank you for coming. I'm you're sure you're You're more busy. than welcome. It sounds like you're uh, talking with world leaders and stuff, so thanks for talking with us. Yeah. Oh,
1: I'm happy to. This is so fun. I asked her. I said, no where'd you get my name? <laughs> cause nobody like, knows what I do here. Well,
0: I told them, I don't know. I just show up and talk, but I didn't really talk this episode cause I have no clue what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <It's> all, right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thank you. This was fun. You're yeah. very sorry, welcome. Sorry. It got hot about an hour in. Oh AC. no, no, no. Can't run the AC while we're in here.
1: It's just a little, little toasty outside. <laughs>
0: all right. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. Wow. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, Fred Davis for coming out guys. Once again, today's episode was brought to you by Grow at Eden Early Learning Center. Make sure you check them out. I mean, they're not just a daycare with with home-cooked meals, uh, Montessori learning, and live text updates to your phone. You will feel like a family member is watching your kids. So give them a call, check them out, take a tour, get on the wait list, whatever you got to do. But huge shout out to Grow at Eden Early Learning Center for sponsoring today's show.